Thank you for joining us for a life-changing message from Norm Oberlin, pastor of Mount Hope Church in beautiful Gaylord, Michigan. Our prayer is that this message will help strengthen and encourage your walk with Christ. Please enjoy. And now, here is Pastor Norm. Well, I'm Pastor Norm Oberlin. My wife and I pastor Mount Hope Church. Uh, we've been here for almost 14 years, going on our 15th. And I think that today is probably one of my favorite days, although we've crammed a lot in here. Great job, young people. Great job. I'll allude to their skit just a little bit later. But today we're here to celebrate our Lord's life, his death, his burial, but best of all, his resurrection from the dead. Satan thought he was down. He was down for the count. But Jesus surprised him, didn't he? Can anybody else get excited about that besides me? Now, if you don't know this, it's all right to amen the preacher. If you feel like it, you can do a little jig where you're at. Because I think we ought to be excited about the message that we're supposed to be telling the rest of this world. Hallelujah. I am so grateful that God sent his son. He made a way where there was no other way. Jesus. He brings us life, and not just a little bit, but abundant life, according to John 10.10. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Can anybody else say amen to that? So when we look at all the gods, little g, all around the world, and and you might think of Buddha, you might think of uh, Allah, the, 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 the God of the Muslims, you might think of nature, because a lot of people actually honor and serve nature, or you might even think of somebody who just thinks they're a, a little god themselves. They don't need a big god, right? But there's one thing that separates all of the rest of them from the one true God. And that one thing is this. He has the power to give life. There is no other God that can do that or does do that. Only our God gives life. He's the only one that has the power to do that. Well, come on, preacher. Preach it. I'm trying. But you guys got to help me a little bit here. Only God gives life. Amen. I'd like to explain today what this all means. You see, I, I believe God not only gives us life once and not just twice, but I believe he gives us life three different times. Oh, come on, where's that in the Bible? I'm going to explain it, what I'm talking about here. So bear with me. Hopefully you'll agree with me that God starts life. He is a fundamental builder of life from the very beginning, right? We've been studying this in our series that I've called The Fundamental Truths. And I believe that if you miss that very first step, the rest of it's not going to make any sense. 
So I would invite you to come on back next Sunday as we continue our study on the fundamental truths. And next week, we're going to be talking about, hopefully, Noah. Now, Noah's known for water, right? Lots of water. And it's a sign of cleansing. And next Sunday, we're going to have water baptism right over here. Because I suspect, I don't just suspect, I believe that many of you are going to make a decision for Christ today. And once you become born again, and that's what we're talking about today, once you become born again, the next step is to make a public confession and to get water baptized. We're going to do that in that tank right there. And it's, it's going to be warm, and we're going to talk a little bit more at the very end today. But I just want you to know, next Sunday, the flood, and in the tank, too. So, hallelujah. I thought that was going to go a little smoother than it did. I am going to have to ask for my water if I could get that, only because I'm already at the end of my... Uh, I want to begin where God began. He created us, you and me. In his likeness. Let's go there. Genesis 1, 26 and 27. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like ourselves. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along, along the ground. Now, there's a lot of scurrying animals, aren't there? And we're over it all. That's the blessing. That's part of being a man or a woman. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. So, you and I have been created in whose image? And who created us? In chapter 2, it says this, verse 7, Then the Lord God formed the man. This is just a little bit later, and it's just given a little more defined image of what he did. He formed the man from the dust of the ground, he breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. Only God, only God can grant life. Only God can create you and breathe life into you. He is the creator of the universe, and he is the one that created man in his image. Hallelujah. To God be all the glory. God created Adam in his image. He was unlike all other animals, all other birds, all other fish, all other little creepy things. Man was the only one that God gave his spirit to. He placed it within us. God created Adam and Eve. But what about the rest of us? Good question. This is what Job said. You guided my conception. You formed me in the womb, Job 10.10. Then he said to the prophet Jeremiah, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as the prophet to all the nations. God gives life, not just to Adam and Eve, not just to the people like Job and Jeremiah who happen to have a book in the Bible. Listen to what the apostle Paul said. 
talking to the men of Athens in Acts 17, he said this, He is the God who made the world and everything in it. Would you say that with me? He is the God who made the world and everything in it. Since he is Lord of heaven and earth, he doesn't live in man-made temples. And human hands can't serve his needs. He has no needs. He himself gives life and breath to everything. Did you read that part? He himself gives life and breath to what? Everything. Everything. Hopefully you agree that the Bible is truth. And this is explaining where we came from. From one man he created all the nations throughout the whole earth. He decided beforehand when they should rise and fall, and he determined their boundaries. So we see through Adam, through Eve, he created all of us. Grammy and Grampy, Adam and Eve. It's true. So we were each created in God's image. Each is an individual. God knows everything about you. He's counted the very hairs on your heads. That's how intimately he knows you. And I usually make fun of someone at this point, but I'm going to move on because I'm starting to lose mine. <laughs> God gave us life. All life is from God. And that is the first life. Whoops, what happened there? Something happened there. That is the first life. So when you were born, when you started, wah, wah, can I hear you guys do that? Hey, you know what else that sounds like? Sheep. <laughs> Imagine that. We are the sheep. He is the shepherd. So when does God give us a second life, you might ask? Before I tell you about that, let me just say that the reason We've come together on this Easter, on this Resurrection Sunday, is to celebrate the sacred day only because of what Jesus did on that cross. Or that cross. Or the cross that was there 2,000 years ago. You see, if he'd stayed in that tomb, we wouldn't be here right now. We'd be sleeping in today in our sins. But because he arose... Because he arose, because he came out of that tomb, not only do we have a second rebirth, but there's even a third one I'll get to at the end. So let's look at this second one, life number two. How many remember John chapter 3? There was a man named Nicodemus. You remember him? A religious man, a Pharisee. After dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. Now what I want you to note here is that he did this when? At night. So what's he? You, get, you see the symbolism here? He's sneaking around. He doesn't want anybody to know that he's coming to see this, this religious man that they call Jesus. So where do you think his heart is? It's probably not in the right place. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of heaven. What do you mean, exclaimed Nicodemus? How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? <laughs> With man, 
It ain't possible. But with God, all things are possible. Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and of the Spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say, you must be born again. Say that with me. You must be born again. You must be born again. This is the second life. And this comes when a person accepts the work that Jesus did on that cross, as we so eloquently saw this morning. Excuse me a minute. Hallelujah. Thank you for our voices, Lord. In case you didn't know this, the cross is what brought Jesus to this planet. Yes, it was God's love, but his purpose was the cross. John 3, 16 and 17. For God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. And this is my addition. If you believe, if you believe, you will receive the second life. Romans 5, 6, and 8 speaks into this a little bit more. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. When we saw the young people up here representing the believer, the one that put their trust in Jesus, and then they were pulled away by the allurement of the world, the sins of the world, greed, lust, vanity, what have you. And toward the end, the young girl almost took her life. And then Jesus showed up. You see, God's not held by time. He moves through time. And trust me, he has watched you as you've gone through the pain that you have suffered on this planet. He knows every detail about your life. There's nothing he doesn't know about you. You may think, I'm in this all by myself, but you're not. God stands over you. He looses his angels about you. He loves you. And he's saying to each one of us today, come to me. Bring me your burdens and I will make them light. Hallelujah. Glory to God. On Good Friday, we witnessed what Jesus did on the cross for us. He died a very painful death. The pain was not only inflicted by the Roman soldiers. Hear me. The pain, most of the pain was laid upon him because of your and my sins. That's what put him on that cross. That's what kept him there. It wasn't that the soldiers beat him. He could have come down off that cross at any moment, but it was his love for you and me. He became the sacrifice once and for all. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. 
Jesus went to the cross for you and for me so that we might have life, the second life. Allow me to explain in the first person what happens in this process. God the Holy Spirit draws you to Him. He then convicts you of your sins and you realize that it is hopeless without a Savior. How many have been there? You knew that you couldn't do it on your own. You knew that you were at the bottom of the barrel. And you cried out. You cried out. You see, the Holy Spirit draws you. Then He convicts you of your sins. Then, when you realize you can't do it on your own, and accept what Jesus did for you on the cross, at that point, He quite literally took your sins upon Him. So that you didn't have to. He became your sacrifice in order to satisfy God's righteous judgment. And last but not least, you repent. That means that you turn 180 degrees. You turn around. Instead of running away from God, you run to God. That's what it means to repent. You do this when you confess your sins. When you ask Him to forgive you. At that point, you are born again. That's the second life. And God places His Spirit within you. 2 Corinthians 5.17 This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Would you say this first verse with me? This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Who can give life? Only God can give life. And we see it right there. Then Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's masterpiece. Look at your neighbor and say, you are one of God's masterpieces. Just like the snowflakes are all individual. No two are the same. And you know people have been hired, paid, to try to find two snowflakes that are the same. Come on. Our money at work. But then you look at the individuals around this room. Look at how different we are. Big and small. Large and tiny. Big brains. No, never mind. <laughs> We're all different. Our senses of humor are different. Some of you haven't a sense of humor. <laughs> That's me. That's why I married my wife. Because she has one. We complement each other. God is so good, but he's created each one of us. We are his masterpiece. Doesn't matter how broken you might think you are, you are still God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in who? Christ Jesus, so we can do the things he planned for us long ago. God has a plan and a purpose for your life, a plan to prosper you and not to harm you. He has a bright future for you. If only you will let him in. Let him have control. What has it served you up to this point in your life to do it all on your own? Look at where you're at. I'm speaking from experience. I used to run my own life. And I did it miserably. And I finally realized I can't do it without him. Without my Savior. And I cried out to him and I said, God, have mercy on me. Forgive me of my sins. Make me a new person. And that day I changed. Not on the outside. I wish. <laughs> I wished everything had just gone, woo, and I'd, I'd be like, 
you know, uh uh-uh. No, I was still a skinny, back then, skinny little guy that I was at 23. The outside didn't change, but trust me, the inside man did. I was different. People I worked with at Oldsmobile said, hey, Norm, what's up with you, dude? Something's different. We used that word back then, dude. God got a hold of my life. He changed me from the inside out. He wants to do the same for you. So we are born on this planet through our parents. That's the first life. Then we're born again as we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. That's the second life. When does the third life come in? I love this part. For most, the third life comes after we're laid to rest. Not a pleasant thought for many, right? Not a pleasant thought. But you have to take that step unless Jesus comes back for the church before that. Some of us are going to go up just like this. That's why I said many go first to the grave. Adam was born from the earth, from dust to dust. We're going to go back to the earth. But on that day, listen to this part, on that day when the trumpets blast, the dead are going to be raised up to meet Jesus in the air. Listen to this. 1 Corinthians 15, 51. But let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. Say to your neighbor, I have a secret. Maybe we should start doing this with people out. I have a secret. Did I ever tell you about the little boy that did that to me? He used to be a children's pastor. We were in Lansing. And one of our, our young men, this is an elementary age person, he, he was a little bit mischievous at times. But I wasn't expecting anything. He goes, Pastor no, Pastor no. Come here, come here. What do you want? Come here, get closer. Okay, what do you want? Closer. I'm right up to his mouth. And he stuck his tongue in my ear. (laughs) Don't do that, young people. I freaked out. (laughs) He had a secret, all right, but it wasn't wonderful. Paul had a wonderful secret. We will not all die, but we will all be transformed. Do you think Transformers was first? No way! Paul predicted this over 2,000 years ago. It will happen in a moment in the blink of an eye. Where's my trumpet blower? Woohoo! Yes! I suspect, though, when the trumpets of heaven go off it's going to sound a little more impressive not to minimize how good you are on that shofar but i'm telling you you, the hair is going to stand on the back of your neck and then you're just going to if you're ready for it it will happen in a moment in the blink of an eye when the last trumpet is blown for when the trumpet sounds those who have died will be raised to life for a little bit man mine says something else Forever. How long is forever? Forever. How long is forever? It's a long time, isn't it? And we who are living 
will also be transformed, for our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. Hallelujah. Then when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, the scripture will be revealed. Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? For sin is the sting that results in death, and the law gives sin its power. But thanks to God, he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. Eternal life. That's the third part. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I have a little example here. No. I was going to have somebody put a string on there and start doing that, and I thought, yeah, I better not. We're in the house of God. Do you see this? See this part? How many see it? I have my glasses on. I can see it. What color is it? Green. green. All right. If you're not colorblind, this is green. This is the dark part. The rest of it is? We'll just say it's gold, but for now, you, you can call it what you will. So this little part right here, this, this, if I had an arrow, is your life and my life. This is about average 80 years. <laughs> right here. Here's the sad part. This is where we put all of our attention. Right here. 80 years. This little green part. Life. God gave us life. Yet, the Bible says, after this part is this part. Is is, is ever, everlasting life. Oh, 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 oh. Sorry there, Ryan. Didn't see you there. <laughs> How long is everlasting life? 80 years. Everlasting. Everlasting, everlasting. Brother, that's a long time, isn't it? And this is what God is going to give you and me if we've accepted that second new life. If you're born again, He is going to give you eternal life forever and ever and ever. But too many of us only focus on this little bit. When you've got all this ahead of you, if you accept the gift, the gift of God's love. That's what today's all about. Let me ask you this. When you're going on a trip, don't you usually prepare at least a little bit? 
You want to make sure you got enough money for gas, like if you're going to Florida to see Mickey Mouse at Disney World. You want to make sure you got enough money, pay for the fuel, pay the $7,000 for the ticket at the entrance, <laughs> or whatever it is. I know it's a lot. No, you're going to make sure that you've got water in the car, that you know where your potty stops are, especially if you have kids. My boys still get mad at me because we bought, remember the big mouth two liters? I had all boys. Okay, I shouldn't tell on myself, but I'm going to. First thing we did is we made them eat crackers. That would absorb the fluids in their bodies. Is Andy in here? Yeah, there's Andy. Hey, stand up, Andy. I love you. Andy was the worst. <laughs> and I'm talking when he was like five or six. He's not like that anymore, by the way. But he's the one that always chides me about this. So either we'd shove crackers in them, or we had the big two-liter, big-mouth bottle, and you'd go in the corner of the back seat and... Because we wanted to get to Florida yesterday. Right? We prepared. Ten minutes out. And we always asked him, you got to use the bathroom? No, nope, already went. Ten minutes out. Andy's, I got to go to the bathroom. No. No. Hold it. I really got to go. No. Hold it. Eat some crackers. That was me eating crackers. Finally, we'd hand him the big two-liter bottle. Oh, what a relief it is. Not the plop-plop, though. <laughs> Just the fizz-fizz. I love you, Andy. You go on a trip, you prepare. Yet, how many of us don't prepare for all of this? How many of us ignore all of this and only focus on that? Forever. It's a long time. All of us are going to go through the first life. We're all born to a parent. But not all of us will be born again. We don't know if Nicodemus repented and got born again. We don't know if he took advantage of that free gift that I was talking about. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. God prepared a way for you and for me so that we wouldn't have to spend eternity separated from him. But here's the facts. God is holy, and he cannot allow sin into heaven. You must go through Jesus. You must become born again, or you cannot enter heaven. I don't care how good a person you are, and on the flip side, I don't care how evil you are. 
We're all sinners. We've all fallen short of God's glorious standard. Jesus died for every single one of us while we were still sinners. And he offers us everlasting life. And all we need to do is say yes to the master. So our choice is simple. Life and abundant life. Not just on this side of heaven, but forever on the other side. I can't wait to see those streets of gold. I can't wait to see some of our, our friends and family that have gone on ahead of us. It's going to be awesome, and I'm hoping my dogs are going to be there. It'd be awesome if they were. Choose life. Or, by not doing anything, you choose death. I'll say that again. By not doing anything, you are, in a sense, choosing death. If you don't accept God's free gift and repent of your sins, instead of meeting a loving God when you die, you will wake up to a fierce judge who will say something like this, get behind me, for I don't know who you are. Throw him or throw her into the lake of fire that has been reserved for the fallen angels. How many here today are going, yes, that's what I want? If that was you, I'd be praying for you. Trust me, even if your friends are there, you don't want to be. It's a place of torment. It's a place that God is not there. And we've, we get a good picture of what Satan can do, and he hasn't been fully released yet. You see him. You saw it in that skit. That's the antics of the devil. He's always trying to destroy us, to kill us off. Well, what do you think it's going to be like in hell? You think it's going to be better? No way. But in God's heavenly palace going to be awesome we're going to rock it out folks i suspect some of you are going to be musicians some of you might be street cleaners because you didn't prepare you get in but it's just barely and god's going to hand you a broom when you come in but you're going to be going hey at least i'm here <laughs> but you got to make a choice jesus died so that we'd have life. Jesus allowed himself to be hung on that cross so that we wouldn't have to be. I'm about to close. Again, Paul was addressing the men of Athens. In verse 30 and 31 in chapter 17, he said, God overlooked people's ignorance about these things in earlier times. But now he commands everyone, everywhere, to repent of their sins and turn to him. For he has set a day for judging the world with justice by the man he has appointed. Who is that man? Jesus. By the man who was appointed, by Jesus who he appointed, and he proved to everyone who this is by raising him from the dead. Hallelujah! 
Hallelujah. Last scripture. And God will raise us from the dead by his power, just as he raised our Lord from the dead. He proves he could do it with Jesus, and now he's going to do it with you. When that day comes, when that trumpet blows, the dead in Christ will rise first, and then all of those who are still alive will be caught up in the air to be with him forever. Hallelujah! He is alive! Would you stand with me? Only God has the power to give life. He made sure you were born. Your mom had a small part in that, but he helped the process along. And then Jesus, because of what he did on the cross, is able to offer you a spiritual rebirth That's where we're at today, the second life. I want you to have that opportunity. If you've not already done this, if you've not said yes to the Master, yes to Jesus, there are any strings attached? Yep, you have to serve Him. You have to follow after Him. You have to read your Bible and figure out who He is. Yeah, there's stuff you have to do as a Christian. But let me tell you, I've lived on both sides. I've lived in the darkness, and it was a horrible place. And I was like that young lady that was represented up here. I wasn't a young lady, by the way. But I was like her in the sense that I wanted to take my life. And then Jesus punched his way through. And I knew he was in my midst. And I said, Jesus, save me. Save me, Lord. Forgive me of my sins and make me a new person. And he did. The old Norman was a mess. The new Norman, well, you might still think I'm a mess, but I'm a lot better than I was before. And my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. When I die, or when he comes back for the church, whichever comes first, I'm going to be with him forever and ever and ever. So if you're here today with every head bowed, could you dim the lights back there, please, the house lights, With every head bowed, nobody looking around. Christians be praying right now because the person next to you, they may not have made this choice for Jesus yet. I want you to know God is in the business of restoring you. He wants you to have this new life. It starts with being born again. It starts with him putting his spirit in you. But then every day gets a little better and a little better and a little better. I am so grateful I made that choice so many years ago. And now the Holy Spirit is here inviting you to do that very same thing. So I would ask with everybody's head bows, eyes closed tight, if you're here today and you say, Pastor, I haven't made that decision yet for Jesus but I feel this needs to be the day. I don't want to spend all my time on that little green spot I know eternal life's coming and I want to be with God. If that's you and you want to pray, I want to pray with you. If you just lift your hand so I can see it. Would you raise your hand up right now, please? If you need Jesus today. Yes, anybody else? Yes, anybody else? Yes. You can put him down if you've already raised him. 
Now I want to ask you one more thing, because I know that in a, in a group like this, there are often Christians who have fallen away, and God still loves you. You might think, well, he can't, because I've done too many bad things. He still loves you, my brother and my sister. And all you have to do is repent. Satan's sitting here going, he ain't going to forgive you again. You've gone too far this time. That is the devil. That's not, that's not your God. That's not Jesus. That's not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's here right now rooting for you. Come on, come on. Lift your hand up right now if that's you. Lift your hand up. If you're in here and you've followed Jesus, but you've fallen away and you need him today, put them up high so I can see him. Hallelujah. Hands up all over the room. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, yes, yes. You can put them down. Thank you. All right, we're going to pray. I'd ask everyone in here to pray with us. And if you mean business, your life's going to change today. If you're done messing around and you're ready to serve him, start looking at that afterlife, that eternal life, rather than that little dot, that little green spot. God's going to give you abundant life today. So let's pray with me. Say this loud enough so your own ears can hear. Father God, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for forgiving me of my sins. Today, I repent. I turn back to you. No longer am I going to serve the devil or live my life like I am. From this day forward, I'm going to serve the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. You are my good shepherd, and I am your sheep. I give you my life today, Lord. Do with it as you will. Now help me to get the victory on this side of heaven and to lead others to you through what you've done in me. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is so awesome. We have a little booklet. The men are holding it. You can turn on the house light if you would now, Andy. Pastor Roger, how long would it take you to get back up here? That, you know which song, right? Yeah. As they're coming up, I'm going to just say the benediction prayer right now. And, and when they're done, you can go whenever you feel released. But I want to sing that song again. I, I was in the back just hooping and hollering, and I thought it was awesome. And it's so fitting for today. God is in the business of giving life. There's a whole world out there dying. Take that good news to them. Let him use you in a mighty way. Invite people back to church. Otherwise, how are they going to hear? How are they going to know the difference? Somebody's got to tell them. Beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Let that be you. Again, don't forget, next week, baptism, water baptism. If you haven't been water baptized and you're born again, 
or if you just got born again today or, or repented and came back to the Lord, sign up on the sheet out at the guest service so we know you're coming. There's a little thing that tells you what to bring, what to wear, yada, yada. Father, we thank you for a wonderful day in Jesus. We thank you for the skits that the kids did, for the awesome worship that the, the, the worship team and the choir sang. And Lord, for the word, we know it never returns void. We love you today. And Lord, we pray that great things would happen through this church, in our community, and across the globe. In Jesus' name. Now keep everybody safe and are coming in and are going. Bless this final song, Lord. We love you. God bless Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. We pray you enjoyed this message from Pastor Norm Oberlin. If you would like to partner with Mount Hope Church, you can make your tax-deductible donation online at GaylorChurch.com. From there, just click on Give Online Now. Thanks for listening. We can't wait to be with you again next week.